0: From the Financial Times in Washington, I'm Sean Donnan, and this is FT News. I'm here at the International Monetary Fund headquarters in Washington, D.C. with Christine Lagarde, who has just begun a second term as managing director. Madame Lagarde, the British voters chose on June 23rd to leave the European Union. You had warned in the lead-up to that that there would be economic consequences to that. How do you read those now?
1: Well, the measure of the economic fallout will be a factor of how long we have this uncertainty. And the longer the uncertainty about timing and about terms and conditions, the higher the risk. So we have strongly encouraged and continue to encourage the participants, whether it's the UK or the European institutions and member states, to clarify the timeline, to clarify the terms and conditions it will be critical for investors, for decision makers, to actually know the terms of this relationship as soon as possible. And what will the impact be for the global economy? You know, my, my hunch, and I don't know the numbers yet, is that there will probably be a sort of two-scenario approach to the forecast, which unfortunately will not be revised up as, we, as I had hoped, which will identify between the, sort of the most optimistic scenario a Norway-like arrangement, which would come promptly, and the um, worst case scenario, which would be the uh, WTO type of relationship, third parties, arm lengths, and no special arrangement. A
0: lot of people have read the vote in the UK and also the rise of politicians like Donald Trump as a result of frustration with globalization. How do you read it? And what can the IMF do to influence that debate?
1: Well, we have seen over the course of time that globalization can be a force of good and can generate huge benefits. It has taken lots of people out of poverty. It has helped the Chinese economy, for instance, to bring hundreds of millions of people out of starvation. But equally, globalization is producing probably losers that we have not paid enough attention to. And if there is one lesson that we can draw from the current situation is that globalization has to be inclusive and has to be beneficial for all. So whether it's on growth, on inclusive growth, on inclusive finance, on the empowerment of women, on the uh, impact of inequality on growth, we have to look deeper into those issues and propose policies so that everybody sees the benefit of globalizations and uh, globalization is not for certain winners and losers that are just left to drift and not, uh, not paid attention to.
0: We've seen politicians like Donald Trump propose a number of protectionist policies in response to this frustration with globalization. What would the impact be of a new wave of protectionism in the world?
1: Well, waves of protectionism, historically, have not produced particularly positive results. It has preceded many wars, And uh, I hope we can learn from the history that we have gone through that protectionism hurts growth, hurts inclusion, and hurts people at the end of the day. So this increase of protectionism that we have seen recently, I think we need to be very mindful of that and we need to resist protectionism, as has been uh, declared by the G20 leaders on many occasions. But we need to go into the details of protectionist measures that are being taken, not so much on tariffs, but at non-tariff levels in order to facilitate exchange, in order to facilitate the movement of products, the movement of services and the movement of capital.
0: You've just become a new five-year term. In your first five-year term, you spent a, a lot of time talking about inequality, climate change, issues that traditionally aren't part of the IMF's remit. Where will you be taking us in the second five-year term?
1: Well, Certainly, I would be very proud to take the IMF further into researching and making policy recommendations in those fields. Women empowerment, their role in the economy and on the job market, and eliminating barriers for them, reducing the excessive inequalities that we believe are not compatible with sustainable growth, measuring the impact of climate change and how fiscal policies can be defined in order to fight climate change and its devastating consequences. I mean those are the the areas where I think that we can we can go deeper and further. I would add to that probably uh, the issue two issues one is inclusive finance i 'm preoccupied to see that some countries are at risk of being debanked because certain institutions simply do not want to take the risk of doing business in those countries and the second risk is that of corruption, which can really cripple economies and prevent them from doing good for, for all. So In the, all those areas, to the extent that, number one, they are macro critical, which I believe they are, and number two, that we are not duplicating existing work or available data that are out there in other international institutions such as the ILO, the World Bank, or the United Nations. We need to go further and deeper in order to serve the community.
0: As you begin that new five-year term, what does the state of the global economy look like?
1: It, It needs action and political courage and I think very much that we have moved from seeing purely economic risks to seeing an interesting mix of political risks that entail economic consequences that could be negative for all. So I think political courage is going to be critical going forward.
0: Madame Lagarde, thank you very much.